Hey, it's Beth here. Episode 5495. Okay, I did this five minutes ago and it all disappeared. So I brought in some flowers in a vase, put it right by the microphone and the computer, so uh, just to show my respect. And I'm not even moving a muscle, so I hope this works, but I'm scared. But anyway, I was kind of in a good mood before I lost it all because I actually wanted to do another podcast, which was about the New York Times yesterday, which was great. Went to the style section, and of course there's this magic couple. They're both six feet tall. They are so beautiful. And they said, love in the first five minutes, deep, deep love within 15 minutes. Okay, they're so cute. They're both on television. Um, not too difficult to believe that they're gonna live happily ever after, I hope. Then I go to this other one. It says, trudging through sobriety, one step at a time. But she looks so happy and so in love with them and in such a beautiful dress. So I start reading it and I find out that, okay, they met at like an AA meeting, fine. He's from a bad divorce, she's from a bad divorce. He's got three kids, complicated, and they get together. Okay, within months, she comes down with terrible esophageal cancer. He stays by her side, all their money goes into her treatments, and she goes through everything, and she remains really, really sick for an extra year. This guy is a good guy. And they finally realize there's an obstruction in her esophagus. They get it out. She starts healing immediately. They become happy. They're going to get married. Everything's great. He wanted to marry her before. But she said, I don't want it to look like you're marrying me because I'm sick. Okay, yay. She's not sick anymore. Everything is great. And he becomes ill, has stomach pain. He's got a bowel obstruction. He needs surgery. It goes badly. He's really, really sick. And she has to take care of him forever. They go through all this grueling stuff. And the worst part is, when he was recovering, they had to give him, it was so painful, they had to give him oxycodone. And he got addicted, and they went through all that. So now they want to get married and they have no money. She just signs up for this little contest for weddings at the Ritz-Carlton in Biscayne, Florida. Talk about gorgeous. She gets a phone call weeks later. They're like, well, you're in the top five. Would you and your, your fiance just come to, to a lunch? They go to this lunch and the entire room has been filled with candles, balloons, and they just want it. And the Ritz-Carlton put on such a beautiful wedding. It's gorgeous. The dress, the makeup, her hair is amazing. He's in a fabulous tuxedo. All their friends, beautiful chairs, beautiful everything, overlooking the ocean. She won it. She got it. It was the best wedding ever. As if I didn't want to stay at the Ritz-Carlton anyway. So here's my gift to you. Stay at the Ritz-Carlton. If you can afford it, stay. It's fabulous. I've stayed there a couple of times. It feels like, well, Jeremy Irons said, when you enter a room at the Ritz, it feels like no one else has ever been in that room before. That's what it feels like. And it's got all these products you can play with, new shampoos, new everything. Food is great, everything is great, the martinis are great. And now you've got a reason to go to the Ritz-Carlton because 
They are super wonderful people. So we can do it because it's almost like charity. It's almost like we're helping out a person who's helped people out. Go to the Ritz-Carlton. You've got your excuse now. Do it. The next thing I saw this amazing article about this restaurant. It was in the East Village called D-A capital S-I-L-V-A-N-O, Disfano. Okay, that's how they said it, but that's not how it writes. Okay. It was always there. It was gorgeous looking. I never went to it. It was always crowded. I mean, outdoor dining with crisp white tablecloths, napkins, flowers everywhere, great staff, beautiful looking food. I didn't know it was the place. I mean, from Frank Sinatra to Rihanna, everybody goes to this place, or everybody did. He quit because um, his insurance went way up, and um, that's the that's the excuse. He actually ran into some trouble with, uh, he might have done some things, uh, sexual harassment things, a couple of things uh, that weren't so great, something about withholding wages. I'm not his best fan. But what's weird is he opened this little restaurant with a Radiologist. What do radiologists know about restaurants? In, like, Cyprus. I don't know why he did it. He couldn't find a waiter, couldn't find food, couldn't find a cook. And now that's all he's famous for, is that he is a failure. So he's really upset. I don't know. He looks sad. His pictures look really sad. But the thing that's funny is I passed by that restaurant a million times, and I had a funny feeling it was great, but I had no idea. So that's how well I was doing when I was growing up. I had a little sense that things were happening, but I didn't know what was happening. And that was funny, because I'm reading that ar the article and I'm like, I had a funny feeling. Like, I had a lot of funny feelings that things were happening all around me that I wasn't a part of. And I was right. Okay, so then, this is really why I'm doing this. This one I could not believe. The title is Feud Over Church Royals a Bucolic French Valley. Nuns in a Scuffle with Climate Activists. You think I'm not going to read this? I know a lot about nuns. I got sexually completely screwed up by nuns. It took a card-carrying Presbyterian to get me out of uh, what I was thinking, what I believed. I was, you know, nuns of, you know, Sisters of Mercy, right off the boat from Ireland, kind of uh, were a little rough on, you know, like uh, even thinking about things was a was a venial sin. Everything was a sin. And I, my milk carton, I mean, I had a milk bottle and I had to get a milk carton. I had to get a milk truck. I had so many milk bottles filled with my problems, my thoughts, my, oh, my imaginings were bad. The nuns used to say, she's ebullient. I thought that was a dirty word till I looked it up. And it kind of means that you're alive and kicking and kind of ready to go, which is a terrible thing. So, but they were active and against the Vietnam War and for civil rights. And they, they did have beautiful aspects of, of themselves. Just that was one. And it worked for other girls who weren't... Um, you know, ebullient. If you weren't ebullient, they would come down the aisle, grab my leg that was always shaking, and scream, for God's sake, just stop. Stop doing everything you're doing. Just stop. That's hard. 
That's hard. I was the only one that was was getting that every day. So the nun would leave the room. She'd, she'd come back and she'd say, Miss Merkel, stand up. Who else was talking? I never had a chance. But this article is so great. So the fight is about um, this abbey and it's for the Virgin Mary, Our Lady of the Snows. It was developed in this little town called St. Pierre de Colombier. It's on, it's, it's in southern France. They built a statue and they prayed every day that the German bombers would not bomb their city. And they didn't. So every year people come, large crowds, and they want bigger crowds and they want to house them. So they want to build this insanely large uh, structure, a massive complex and uh, the environmentalists don't want it at all. They like the town just like it is. So one sister grabbed an environmentalist climbing an excavator, but lost her grip and fell rolling down into a pit. They had other skirmishes with, with friars and it just got, the worshipers are now praying to her, to this, the Blessed Mother to help beat this different enemy, one that does not bear rifles, but banners that read no concrete. Okay, two pillars have already been erected in the Bourgeois, Bourger River, B-O-U-R-G-E-S. I should have looked up how to say that. It would have looked great. But anyway, and these, these pillars are amongst the trout that swim around. Everything else has been stopped. Even the Pope doesn't know what to say about all this because it's very complicated, but the nuns want it very, very badly. The priest, the, the, the big Catholic hierarchy says it's a little dispropor disproportionate, the size of the complex. Uh-uh, say the nuns and the friars in this little town. They want it. They want all the people to come. They want all the people to, people to pray, and they want to keep them happy. Okay, on October 12th, this is what happened. The activist, activists chained themselves to the excavators because they found a little tiny flower that they want to save. And the environmentalists are trying to get the country of France to say that this little flower is a reason to halt everything. The nuns are saying no dice, uh-uh. So the activists chained, them, chained themselves to the excava excavators deployed on the site to keep them from tearing up the white flower. Block the machines, the protester says. Protect the plant. But on the second day of their occupation, the activists were confronted by a phalanx. That's something that Napoleon would have. That's more than three, okay? A phalanx of nuns and friars seeking to protect the excavators physical confrontations which caused a brother to sprain his ankle and an activist to break a finger were followed by an hours-long standoff in which the nuns sang Ave Maria. Oh my God, what a movie this could make. At the end of the day, the activists just went home, but they have pledged to continue trying to block the project. Our main way to react, says Brother Clement Marie, is prayer. Now that is quite a story. I had to tell you. I had to tell you this one. And it's still going on. I'm going to stay on top of this one. This is the kind of news story that I 
love. Oh, the thing they're trying to build is 26,000 square feet of a creamed colored behemoth with pointy spires and dozens of stained glass windows. I said 26,000 square feet. That is large for a little hostel for people who are, are pilgrims, okay? That's pilgrims with a capital P. That's Ritz-Carlton pilgrims. That's what they want, and that's probably what they're gonna get. Now the thing is, it did make me think of a movie. And then I read this article about Meg Ryan. She's wrestling with her new rom-com. It took her seven years to get this thing made, and all she needed was $3 million. The queen of rom-coms wrote it and is directing it, and got David Duchovny, that adorable guy, to be in it. And it took her seven years, which makes me feel very much better about myself. And she talks about ageism all the time. And David hesitated making this movie because he's got this theory that young people get sick to their stomachs when they see old people kissing. When, when they even hear old people talking about love, they want to throw up. He could be right about that. But then he said, you know, this new Bachelor's coming out. And he's in his 60s and people are watching it. So he said he, he decided that he wanted to be part of the solution, the ageism solution and not part of the problem, which just stays away. Okay, the story's pretty good. She, people complain about the face work she's had done, but Kit and I saw her at the Balthazar restaurant in the village. She was celebrating Mother's Day with her real son and her real daughter. And in person, those lines on either side of her nose that kind of look like underdoggy, basset houndy, on film disappear and she is absolutely beautiful. So she doesn't photograph well with the work she's had done and it doesn't look good in the movie, but in person she looks great. And then there's two scenes in the movie, this is important, where she's lying down with David and when she lies down, those, lane, those lines on either side of her nose recede and she looks really good for 62. So I wish people would just leave her alone and stop talking about the face work she's had done because she's still adorable. She's got too much hair in her face and she's wearing clunky clothes like um, Annie Hall clothes. And she's got this limp that I thought was an effect for the movie, but actually she does have a limp. So she talks about ageism in the movie. It's really well done. The only thing that took me out of it was her storyline, which is they were madly in love and they lived together, college was great, they're in Wisconsin like Madison, super beautiful, super everything. And she tells her beloved boyfriend that she never got to replace with anyone else, hey buddy, I wanna open up our relationship to us having relations with other people. Give me a break. He goes crazy and in fact in the movie, he's like, so how many were there? drove him crazy she wanted to do this so then the big reveal at the end is that she never even had sex with one other man why'd you do it Meg why it's just like Gilda why did you do it Gilda why did you drive Johnny out of his mind why does Meg drive David to out of his mind and she loses him so stupid so stupid so her whole storyline just didn't make any sense to me, but his, he's got this one child, the one daughter who's 15. His storyline 
and his acting was so good that he he's compelling he could make anyone stop throwing up if he kissed somebody he's he's got depth and a good sense of humor and he looks older he's kind of got craggy features and everything but man he sells it so I'm glad he made the movie I'm glad he wants to fight ageism he can do it all day long he should be our poster boy for ageism so is it worth the money to go to the movies you know it was filmed in this one airport they're the only two people in the whole movie uh, in fact he said it was filmed at night which was kind of complicated but they created like a magical mystery tour just the few of them that were working on this movie only cost three million bucks it's gonna make us money back definitely don't have to see it in the movie theater but if you want to go have lunch with your girlfriend and have a good time and look at David Duchovny I suggest it it's definitely a rental watch it on Netflix give it some blue hair power we gotta we gotta fight for ourselves and fight for our cause so that's what I've got I think my flower this time in the vase I've got this little tiny vase that's a shot glass from France it's so beautiful put um, purple carnations in it that I got from Home Depot on sale I'm just telling you this in case you're in case you're having trouble with your computer or your microphone or your cell phone buy it some flowers tell it you love it and uh, I think this is working so I hope I made it I'm trying to stay sane and I will be back thanks